welcome to tonight's Q&A session. I am so excited to be here. This is one of our very first Q&A sessions for the Self Love Club. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for showing up. Thank you for sending through your questions. Thank you for being your most amazing self. As you will find throughout our sessions together, you have the opportunity to ask whatever questions you like. It might be around your self-love, it could be around body image, it could be around setting boundaries, it could be a skill that you might need. You may even find yourself being able to have some one-on-one coaching from me. So if you have asked a question and I feel like it's going to serve yourself and the group, I may just go into a little bit more details with it for you as well as for the people watching. So thank you for being here. The Self-Love Club is a really beautiful, special place to my heart. Each and every single fortnight, I show up irrelevant of whether or not we have 100 people on the call, just one or none at all. I'm going to be here serving you every Tuesday evening to be able to make sure that all your questions are answered. So without further ado, let me get started. For those of you who don't know me, actually, my name is Luna Gaia. I'm the founder of More Confidence, and I teach people how to fall madly deeply in love with themselves. I'm an author with my book, Perfectly Imperfect, to come out later on this year, 2021. Super exciting. I am also in the middle of recording my podcast for it as well. So recording the audiobook actually is probably more accurate to say, which is all very, very exciting. I am also the founder of the Self-Love Awakening Collective. So it's a online course. It runs for nine weeks and it gives you all the juiciness that you need to learn how to get rid of negative self-talk, how to deal with your emotions, how to face boundaries, how to get back in your juicy body so that you feel like you're actually you again, if ever for the first time, learning how to trust yourself. So yes, feel welcome to get in touch with me for any of those details. Without further ado, let's get stuck into it. So we've got some juicy, juicy questions here today, which I'm very excited about kind of delving into. Probably got about, I don't know, 10 or so. We'll just see how the night rolls. If more questions come out, then then, then I will answer them as we go along. If not, we'll just see where the world takes us. Let us go, let us go. So the first question that I have here pertains to a lot of questions that were a lot of conversations that I have. So I speak heavily in my book, which you probably haven't read read it yet because it's not out. But if you are post-November 2021 and you have indeed read it, so you're probably going to wonder about the ego. I talk about the ego a lot. In most of my work, in my one-on-one work, my clients here at the Self-Love Club, as well as the Self-Love Awakening Collective and my book, I talk about the importance of the ego. Actually, I was having a conversation with a client just today about this. And she was talking about how she's quite a spiritual being and how she feels like she's, you know, she's really centered within herself. She's really, um, you know, she she believes in her truth within her being, but she's getting blocked all the time. she's, She's getting held back by herself and she's realized that she is the one holding herself back. I asked her, what, what do you reckon is holding yourself back more than anything? And she says to me, I reckon I could give you a million reasons. Because <laughs> maybe not a million, but I reckon I could give you a whole myriad of different excuses as to what's actually holding you back. But she said, if I'm really honest with you, since our last session, I 100% discovered that it's me. 
it's me that's in my way. It's my self-doubt. It's fear. Um, the external stuff, sure, it's happening. You know, currently as a filming, she's just gotten out of lockdown in Victoria. So, you know, like there's some stuff going on that potentially might physically be some barriers to her success, but what she realised, what is actually stopping her is her. And as we've had a few sessions together already, we can sort of take it a little bit deeper. And I said, yeah, it's your ego, right? She was like, oh, my ego. <laughs> now, the ego gets a very bad rap. My gosh, the ego gets a very bad rap. You'll hear people talking about the ego in spiritual worlds and they're like, you must, the ego must die. You must transcend the ego. You must push the ego away. You must get rid of the ego. In not so personal development circles, you might hear someone go, oh, they've got such a big ego. As if having an ego is something that some people have and some people don't and that some people's egos are bigger than others. Generally, the latter, when people are referring to that, they kind of just mean that someone is, is really on themselves or they've got tickets on themselves in a way that's, I guess, arrogant or dismissive of, of other people, that they are, they're, they're completely self-centred without being, have, you know, having consideration for other people. Neither of those versions of the ego, as far as I'm concerned, in my work and what I've been doing for the last decade, rings true at all. And I want you to write this down. The ego is the most immature and dormant part of the soul. This description of the ego comes from an incredible spiritual healer that I follow called Matt Kahn. Matt as in M-A-T-T, Kahn as in, I think it's K-A-H-N, although sometimes I go K-H-A-N. I think that if you just put Matt Khan of some description into the Google box, you will be able to find Matt Khan somewhere. And he says in one of his books that I've read many times, I think everything is here to help you. He'll say something along the lines of, yeah, that the ego is the most immature and dormant part of the soul. And I feel that that really sums up the ego in such a beautiful way. From a spiritual perspective, from, from how we can learn from the ego, I think that it's really poignant it's really it really hits the mark the other element of the ego that I want you to jot down and just take your notes as you please that you don't have to write me down verbatim is that the ego is your collection of thoughts beliefs values identity personality and roles effectively the ego is everything you think you are <laughs> now that's a really broad big kind of answer isn't it the ego is everything that you think that you are it's the chatter in your head it's the it's the oh i have to get over there you know the internal narrative that you have all of that is your ego fear doubt insecurity um the, the way you process trauma your feelings your your mind is your ego that in a nutshell is what it is. It is. It is the most immature part of you, the most dormant part of you, and it is the part of you that you identify with. I am Luna. I am single. And you put, like, anything after the I am is the ego. 
just an aside for you, just to like, if you're ready for this, so if you're not, just tune out and take some notes. The ego thinks that it's the only thing that exists with inside of you, but it is a very small portion of you. It's the most immature and dormant part of the soul, yet it rules most of us. You are actually not the ego. I am Luna Ego. What soul is, what spirit is, what your higher self is, I am. Full stop. End of sentence. You just are. <laughs> take it at next level for a moment there. Everybody take a breath. <sighs> just shake it out with some sound. Take two more. We go in. Oh, and one more. We go in and out. Oh, beautiful. I just get you to shake it out. Sometimes when we have a big intellectual experience or something's happening within our body, shaking it out kind of does like a palate reset of, us, of, of ourselves. We don't have to... You know, like we don't get caught up in it. If we if we shake it out and release, animals do this really well, particularly dogs. If the dogs just experience something that's a bit like full on, it'll just, it'll just shake it out and then it gets on with its way. It's a way to um, reset your nervous system. So whenever we talk about something heavy, I will tend to get you to shake it out. Or when we've just joined together, I'll often ask so we take some breaths together just to land at the same place. A really neutralizing and relaxing and calming sort of activity too. Perfect. I love it. Okay, so that's the ego. The ego is the most immature and dormant part of the soul, and it is who you think you are. But you're not. It's not who you are. You are so much more than your ego. In my book, Perfectly Imperfect, I talk about I talk about it being the small self immature self like the small self whereas your soul your heart your your spirit is your big self your highest self cool i think this must have come from the same person because we've got another question here what is the role of the ego and where did it come from and then i think that's probably going to lead into like um what's the role of the ego where did it come from and and how do we like get beyond it <laughs> without getting rid of it or having an ego death because that's, that's a huge part of it. For so many people, they, as I said before, they want to get rid of the ego, but it's not practical. The ego works really well. It serves a purpose here, and I'm about to get into that. So the role of the ego, yeah, so, so we are relatively clever creatures on Earth, right, maybe in comparison to the other creatures on Earth. Um, it doesn't mean that we necessarily do life any better. Um, we've just figured out a way to, you know, like we have a roof over our head. And, yes, animals build that, but we can regulate the temperature by turning the heater on. We have comfy couches. We have supermarkets and refrigeration. And, we, you know, the world we live in and humanity in its evolution means that we can live much more comfortable and evolved than what maybe a, our animal ancestors did. Yeah, so way back when in, say, cave cave people days. Um, I don't think we're around at the same time as dinosaurs. <laughs> I'm struggling with my uh, my long history there. Anywho, 
We were cave people once upon a time. And way back then, we were not the top of the food chain. We did not have the modern, you know, the mod cons that we do now. And our lives were frequently in danger. And in order for us to get an edge, in order for us to kind of step out of that fight and flight mode all the time, we developed this very clever part of us. That's job was to perceive potential problems. Because if you think about animals, right, like I often ponder this, I'm like, how do the animals haven't figured out by now not to cross the road? Or like when the big lights come at you on the road, why do the kangaroos jump towards it? Like surely the the thinking might be for however many times, like I catch all the little kangaroos sitting around and when the little joeys come out of the pouch, now joeys, we're going to go stand by the side of the road and see those big lights that come past, see that bright thing? Never cross the road when they're close. Never. That, that makes sense as a human to us, right? Except animals, yes, they have, they have a primitive way of remembering things, but that kind of stuff, they're still getting hit on a regular basis, right? Humans, at some point, and again, I'm not being arrogant here, it's just because I don't think we're necessarily doing life any better. Um, it's just the way that we were built or the way that we evolved. We figured out the lights. Yeah, we figured out that if we cross the road when those metaphoric lights come in, we're going to get hit and we die. And so the survival instincts with us learnt, learnt how to be adaptable, learnt how to evolve fast. So back in the day, the saber-toothed tiger might attack us. We might hear a rustling in the bush and we go and we freeze. And maybe we figure out how to get away from the saber-toothed tiger and we move on. Now, the next time we go back to our cave and we say, hey, so saw big old yellow down the road the other day. They've been hanging out at the water fountain at nighttime at dusk. We ought to go first thing in the morning because they're not there. And they learnt. So they learnt to predict what was happening in a, in a not in, a, in an entire way, but they could problem solve and predict problems. Cool. Well, I can see that that rustle in the bush means that saber tooth tiger get the hell out of there. And it made us survive. We went from strength to strength to strength by having this delightful thought process that kept us safe. It didn't like change too much. Because it would have to learn everything new again. Are you, see where, are you seeing where I'm going with this, my friends? <laughs> Over our evolution, this beautiful safety net in our head that has its main job was to find out problems and avoid them, that was so useful for us in the times when we weren't as evolved as what we are right now, has also kind of nowadays become redundant. It doesn't really have a job in the same way. If, you know, if you're in a, in a first world country, um, if you have access to the internet because you're watching this, it's pretty likely that your day-to-day -day life is not in danger. Of course, there are exceptions to that rule everywhere. There are people in domestic violence situations. There are people in mental health situations where there are dangers to themselves. I'm not talking about the exceptions to the rule. I'm talking about the generalisation here. When we think about the generalisation, the generalisation is that most of us are safe. Our day-to-day our -day lives are relatively safe. But the ego is still there. This thought, this problem solver that we created back in the day to help us evolve to where we are now, 
is still there. It still is trying to keep us safe by finding problems, by seeking problems, yet we don't have a saber-toothed tiger anymore. We don't have the threats coming at us all the time. So instead of the ego looking for problems outside all the time in terms of it imposing on our on ourselves, its main job now is to keep itself intact, to keep us intact, our identity intact. Have you ever had somebody accuse you of something that you know you didn't do? Have you ever had somebody slander your name, call you, call you a name, and you're like, that's not who I am? And do you find yourself wanting to defend it? No, that's not true. It's not who I am. It's your ego. It's not who I am. I am not those things. My ego comes to defend it. I want to battle with the people outside of me. Our ego looks for problems. It not only wants to see problems within our own mind, but it makes shit up all the time. Have you noticed this for yourself? (laughs) My Google was just talking to me, clearly thinking that I was talking to it. (laughs) Have you noticed this for yourself? Your mind will make shit up all of the time. Like 90% of the things, probably even more, 99% of the things that you're worried about never happen. You just run over and over in a loop because that's the ego's job. To come back to the question, what is the role of the ego and where did it come from? We know where it came from. Part of our evolution, a very useful part. What's its role? Its role, your ego's role is to keep you safe. It does not want danger. The, The biggest thing, the biggest threat to the ego that it thinks that we have is change. Changing an environment is the scariest thing that an ego can ever experience. Think about it just for a moment. What is the one thing that is 100% inevitable in every life? People would say death and taxes. I think you can avoid taxes in many countries that don't have it. Death. Yep. And what is death? When we look at death as it applies to everything else in our life, the one thing that we can be guaranteed to experience in our life is change. Yet it's the one thing that the ego is terrified of. Can you see how we're all messed up in this insane part in our world? Can you see how this is working? Incredible. We have this world that is built for change and we have this ego who freaks out with it and just wants to stay in the status quo. (gasps) That is exhausting and that's what you're experiencing on a day-to-day basis. You've got this mind chatter going on up here doing its best to keep you safe. A little bit of bonus is not one of the questions here, but it kind of leads into the next one here. How do we stop the negative thoughts? So our egos are the negative thoughts. Our egos are all of our thoughts, the positive and the negative ones. Our egos are the ones that are designed to keep us safe, designed to look for problems. And for most of us, they are smacking in the driver's seat of our life. And therein lies the problem as well as the solution. If you want to change your negative thinking, if you want to change the way that you see the world, then the ego has to get out of the driver's seat, man. 
because attempting to change the ego itself is moot. It's like trying to change your eye colour. Sure, you can put contacts in, but it, your eye colour is the eye colour that it is. The MO, the modus operandi of the ego is fear and problems. It's never going to change. Yeah? But it can get out of the driver's seat in your life. You can mature the ego. You can raise the ego so it learns how to trust you, the true you, the biggest you. This is possible. You can do this. To get rid of neg negative thoughts is about retraining your ego to see what is important and what is not. We need the ego. If we were humans without the ego, we would not survive. Really, think about it. The ego stops us from crossing the road when a car is coming. The ego gets us to work on time. The ego shows us how to, to, to work the stove, to drive the car. The ego keeps us alive and makes life easy from a practical point of view. It keeps the time. It reminds you to send that email. It reminds you to do the washing. So often it forgets, of course, but it's very busy doing a lot of things. Picture your ego like the mail clerk in, a, in, a, in an organisation that's sorting all the mail, sorting, 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 sorting. If all of a sudden the ego goes away, your life will turn into shambles. Yes, it's wonderful to have soul. It's wonderful to have spirit. And I'm, I am so for that. You have no idea. What I also know that if you try to bypass the ego just to get to the soul part where everything is delightful and you're in full surrender to God, yeah, the ego is going to get in the way. It just will because it wants to protect you. It needs to feel safe and it's been in charge for however long. So in order to stop the negative thoughts, what you need to do is get it out of the driver's seat. So we're going to do a little repeat after me, okay? little repeat after me here. So we're going to say hello ego, okay? So you can apply this. When I say hello ego and you respond in your own voice, you'll say hello ego, but you can use this technique with anything that comes up. Hello fear, hello doubt, hello judgment, hello pain, hello anger, hello, um, hello jealousy, whatever the emotion or thought is that you don't like, that you don't particularly appeal to, then you can apply this, the same method. So basically what we're doing here is validating and acknowledging the ego and allowing it to realise that you, it can trust you. Cool, you've probably never done anything like this before in your life. So go ahead, repeat after me. Hello, ego. I can hear you. I can see you. I know you're there. Thank you for being here and for always trying to keep me safe. I just want you to know that no matter what happens, I've got this and we are going to be okay. I know you're afraid of change, but we are safe. I've got you. And if you want to, you can say, I love you. 
Breathe that in. Oh, oh. Do one more. I know this isn't going to always feel truthful. <laughs> I know there are times where you feel like, oh, how do I know? I don't know. If you're having the experience of this doesn't feel like it's true, that's still your ego. Every thought is your ego. Every single one. There's a knowing that you have inside of you. If you felt that in your body and felt the kind of relief in your body, that's the truth. Practice makes progress. The more that you reassure your ego that you've got this, the more it's going to trust you. You can't expect to just flick a switch and all of a sudden the ego is going to trust you after your whole life, 10, 20, 30, 50, 60, 70 years of not trusting you. In fact, for the most part, you've never even acknowledged it as something that's part of you that's worthy. Ever. So it's like, hey, bitch, who do you think you are? And the ego is going to fight back. It always does. But you don't need to fight with it. Bring it along with you. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. I can know. I know that you're afraid. Just make up however it is. I know that you're afraid and I've got this. I love you. But always do it from a space of don't ever tell it to shut up. You're not wanting to tell your ego, shut up, go out, I don't need you. Uh-uh. If there is any part of you that you are rejecting, you are rejecting yourself. And if self-love is what you came here for, yeah, duh, you're part of the self-love club. And by the way, if you are listening to this or watching this as some kind of bonus content for my podcast or somewhere else and you're not already part of the self-love club, first of all, congratulations to be able to listen to this kicker. Second of all, you can... Find the links in my bio to join the self-love club. It's a month-by-month membership site. You can cancel at any time. As I said, we go, I go live Q&A every fortnight. So, hey, the, the world is your oyster when it comes to it. Plus, so much other content, courses, all sorts of cool stuff. So, yes, that's it. If you feel like you're, it doesn't feel true for you, it's still the ego. And it's going to take a long while or a little while at least for you. You're going to start to trust you again because now someone else is in charge. And honestly, the ego wants to not be in charge anymore. It just doesn't have a good leader and you need to become that leader. hope that helps for that question. The three questions we've done, what is ego? What's, it, what's its role and where did it come from? And how do we stop negative thoughts? This is a, uh, as our first session tonight, we'll be seeing how we go for time. We'll usually roll for about an hour, but it just depends on who's on. We might go for shorter, we might go for longer. Just see how we see how we roll. So tonight's session, there's a few other questions that are coming coming from. Um, I love this question. How long does it take to love yourself? How long is a piece of string? <laughs> oh. I wish I could give you a straightforward answer. I wish I could say if you do X, Y, Z, if you do these steps, if you follow this path, then in two, five, ten months, years, days, you will then come to a place of completion of loving yourself. It's just not true. I'm just not here to ever give you bullshit. 
I believe for myself, and I've been on this self-love journey for, I would say, a solid 15 years. And there are still layers that I'm taking off. There are still layers that I'm learning and deepening into love. What you have to understand here is that love, like any other love, self-love, is a relationship. It's not something that you achieve. You don't get to a, a relationship with your partner and go, sweet, we have achieved love. Done. It's, it's ongoing. It's something that, you know, if you're in a long-term relationship, you need to keep choosing. You need to keep choosing your partner perhaps every day in order for the relationship to stay fresh and healthy and, and in, a, in a movement that's working. It's the same with your self-love. It's a relationship. And I would say it's the single most important relationship that you are ever going to have in your life because this relationship will never go away, not until the day that you die. You will have relationships romantically come and go. You will have friends come and go. You will have family come and go sometimes. And even in the micro come and go, there will be times when your family can't be there for you. There will be times when, when you have friends that, are otherwise engaged and they can't support you in the way that you need them to in that moment. That's okay. Because when you have a really strong relationship with you, well, then when you have that strong relationship with yourself, then you've always got you. It is the single most important relationship you're ever going to have. And what most people don't realize is that they don't work on it. And that's why it sucks. <laughs> If you don't put effort into your relationship with yourself, you will have a sucky relationship with yourself, just like any other relationship. If you don't put effort in, then you don't get a good relationship. So how long does it take to love yourself? Well, you know, I think to come to a place where you start feeling better about you, where you start to appreciate yourself and love yourself, I reckon that can happen in an instant. Truly, you can choose to love yourself right now, in this moment. In those moments of gratitude where you appreciate you. Maybe you have moments where sometimes I'll do something, like the night before I will, I will put something out for myself so the next day it makes it easier for myself. And I get to the next day and, I, and I've forgotten all about it, right? And then I go to go do the thing. And past me has put it out. And I'm like, you legend, Luna. Thank you. I will literally thank my past self and go, I love you, Lou. Gosh, I love you. That's a moment of love. That is how long it takes. An instant to feel love. The relationship itself, well, well that, that's ongoing. You have likely betrayed yourself so many times in your life it's likely that you have ignored yourself for pretty well your whole existence it's likely that you haven't paid much attention to you and when you have you've called yourself names and bullied yourself you know I I say that I was in a long-term abusive relationship with myself because I was not only emotionally, but mentally and physically, physically harming myself through, you know, things like cutting and eating disorders, but also just through not taking care of me. 
if I was exercising, I was flogging myself to the point of vomiting. If I, if I was eating well, then I wasn't allowed to eat anything that brought me any joy. If I wasn't exercising, then I wasn't exercising and that wasn't good for my body. If I, if, you know, if I would do everything in binging, I would binge eat, binge watch, binge smoke, binge, <laughs> binge, you know, for those of you uh, listening to that, I said binge, have lots of sex. Um, binge drink, binge take drugs, binge whatever. Whatever I could binge, I would binge because I was constantly trying to grab grab the external, whatever I could grab, I did. I would take it because what I was longing for was me. And what I was doing instead was grabbing outside of me. You're the one you have been waiting for. You're the one that wants you. You're the one that needs to be your own hero and come and rescue you. Everything you seek in someone else lies within you and it's you that needs it from you and look that's not to say that we don't rely upon other people it's not to say that there are not joys and aspects of others that just fill us up but we come from a full cup and we let other people's light be the icing the cup just overflows with joy but if you're meeting other people, if you want to get into a romantic relationship or your friendships or your work and anything external to you, if you are seeking external things in order to make you feel enough, worthiness and full, you will forever be at the mercy of an ever-changing world. That's the reality. You need to come home to you. You need to be the one that sinks into you. Fill your own damn cup. And then when you meet people who are phenomenal in your life, then as I said, it'll overflow with joy, with more to share. I spent a lot of my life wanting people to fill my cup. And I spent a lot of my time and my life unhappy. And also people-pleasing. I spent a lot of my life chasing after other people's love because I thought that that would fill me. And it never did. In the same way that I chased weight loss, you know, I lost and put on 25 kilos five times in my life. I think at last count, who knows? I haven't weighed myself properly. And I say properly, like, I mean, as obsessively as I used to every day, then every week, and at the very least every month. I just don't do that anymore. The number on the scale is, is not important to me anymore. What is is my health, is feeling good, is moving my body, eating food that nourishes me, makes me feel good. Sometimes that's chocolate. Sometimes it's vegetables. Most of the time it's vegetables. But I spend most of my time trying to reach something outside of me, reach that pinnacle, that career success, that relationship success, that body success. And none of it fulfilled me, ever, until I came home to me, until I learnt everything that I teach in the Self-Love Club. Of course, the extension of everything that I teach in the Self-Love Awakening Collective because it's one-on-one -on -one for the coaching. And I do teachings every week and take you through a journey of processing. And then, of course, for those people who work with me one-on-one, -on -one, I mean... 
that's that's explosive because you've got me one-on-one <laughs> yeah so I can I can very intimately guide you very specifically for what you need so you know coming home to you is the best gift you're ever going to give yourself realizing that you are perfectly imperfect just the way that you are and that you can start to make peace with the parts of you that you don't like i.e. your ego, i.e. your fear, i.e. your doubts, i.e. your fat walls, making peace with that and coming home to you and realizing that you're so much more than the thoughts in your head and you are so much more than your fat rolls, your wrinkles and your cellulite. You are an infinite being of love, my loves. So beautiful. You are so divine. If you could just, if you realized how powerful that you were, you realized how magnificent you are in your truth then you would bring your ego along for the ride come on buddy let's go we're going to go be awesome today give yourself permission today Brene Brown teaches this in one of her beautiful books if you if you do not know Brene Brown you need to go know Brene Brown b-r-e-n-e Brene Brown like the color go find her she has a Netflix special find her TED talk read her books um, what, go talk to Brene Brown. <laughs> She's phenomenal. And she talks about giving yourself a permission slip. So go ahead and write one for you today. I give myself permission to shine. I think that was a Vanessa Amorossi. <laughs> Vanessa Amorossi song back in the day. I'm gonna give myself permission to shine. Yeah, that was about, give yourself permission to shine. Give yourself that permission. It's yours. No one else can give it to you. I can say right now, my friends, you have permission to shine. You have permission to step into your truth. It's nice to hear. It's affirming. I tell you that you have permission. You're the one that has to give it to you. That's what I mean that self-love, it takes this long, just a heartbeat. It just takes a heartbeat to... To, to love yourself, but it takes a lifetime of work to maintain it. It's true with everything. Hmm. My friends, my dears, that is all we have time for tonight. I am so thrilled that you have joined me on this journey for this Q&A session today. And as I said, every second week, every two weeks on a Tuesday, at 8 p.m., we go live. I'm here. I usually have a cuppa and we just hang out. You might want to bring your wine. You might want to bring your kid. Bring whoever's around. You can have a party with your friends and come and hang out. And let's shoot the shit. Let's talk about all things self-love, things that you're struggling with. Let's, let's fill our minds and our hearts and our bodies with all things love and how to actually do that for ourselves. So until next time, I very much look forward to seeing you there. If you have been listening as bonus content, please feel welcome to go and check out the Self Love Club. I'll leave the links in the bio for you. It'd be freaking awesome to have you there. And for everybody, November, Perfectly Imperfect comes out, my debut book, Your Complete Guide to Loving Yourself and Loving Your Body. If you would like to join the VIP list for exclusive previews, I'm also recording the audio book, by the way, which is very exciting. If you want exclusive previews, invites to the invites to the online launch party, which will be exciting. 
as well as any giveaways, early access, all that kind of jazz. Again, you can follow the links in your in my bio. So you've got the self-love club, which is my membership site, which is where these Q&As happen. You've got Perfectly Imperfect, which is my debut book coming out. So you can go in the VIP list down the bottom. And the very last self-love awakening collective course is happening on September 9 this year. It's the very last one for the year. So if now's the time if you want to really deepen into this learn how to let go of negative negative beliefs learn how to deal with that ego self how to trust yourself how to how to how to face really difficult challenging emotions and and push through that kind of pain how to have boundaries yeah the kicker and learn how to trust yourself then come join us in the self-love awakening collective again i will pop details down in the bio there for you to be able to it's been an absolute pleasure being with you tonight, hanging out. I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks' time for those of you in the Self-Love Club. And for those of you who are not yet joined us, I will see you around like I always do to each and every single one of you. May self-love and the love of the universe always be in your life. Good night.